paid your bill? I paid the bill. The bill's been paid. Okay, that's I reset the internet twice. So we're ready to rock. So, oh, Michael, Michael, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let you do the intro today. Choking hat. Do you still use choking hazard no, podcast no. 2020? Just, just, no, we don't even use that. Like, just deal with the standard intro. Like, introduce our new guest. Thank her for coming on. You know, standard stuff like that. We need standards. Okay, so. With Choking Hazard podcast, I don't know what episode you don't have, number you don't this even is. Have to say that. <laughs> Keep this in, by the way. Keep this in. Okay. <laughs> so we have Allison Tremblay on, black belt legend in the Ontario and Canadian jiu-jitsu scene. Uh, we want you to introduce yourself, and we're going to jump into uh, a very interesting thread that has come out very recently. Mm. We're going to start with that. Um, Allison mm. Tremblay, give everybody at home for people that don't know who you are. Uh, tell them a little bit about yourself. Uh, all right. Well, so my name is Allison Tromblay, obviously. I'm 29 years old. I've been training jiu-jitsu, I'd say, I say officially since I was 18, so 11 years. But I kind of, when I was younger, dabbled in it here and there. Like my dad's always coached me. So I just kind of did it in between like hockey and soccer when I was getting bored at that. Um, I'm a black belt, first degree black belt um, under BTT Canada, so Fabio Holanda in Montreal. But like I said, I train with my dad, Peter Tremblay, in Carleton Place, a small town just outside of Ottawa. We're like 11,000 now. Um, been competing like as long as I've been training. It's just something that I've always loved to do. Um, so I'm, I'm a four-time IBJF world champion, so I've won. Uh, I won Pro Worlds, won Brown Bolt Worlds. And then, sorry, two times, not four times, two times. Um, I won the JJF two times as well. Um, I came second twice at Black Belt IBJJF. I lost um, in 2016 by ref's decision in the finals, which was the most heartbreaking moment of my life. But we're over it now. Um, competed in ADCC, competed in Abu Dhabi. I've come third there three times, once as a blue belt, twice as a black belt. So yeah, just like been competing a lot. I love to compete, I love to train. Um, that's pretty much, that's pretty much me. I'm a police officer, um, in Ottawa. I just started that. I've been making like the transition from full-time athlete to now like part-time athlete slash coach, which has been like an interesting transition. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been going well so far. How's your transition from, especially going from that full-time type athlete into now such like a, again, a prominent role as a police officer? Yeah, it's, it was interesting. Like I, like it, it wasn't like easy, that's for sure. Like there, it was definitely hard, like mentally and and even physically. You know, you go from training, like I was training twice a day, six days a week, um, to like going to police college and being lucky to train once a week. Like that was a huge transition mentally. Like you don't realize like how much jujitsu helps with like your mental health and just like overall mood with, until you like remove it from your life significantly. And then with COVID, right? It's been it's been an interesting transition. But like it's still, like I've I've I got to compete in all like the major tournaments that I wanted to compete in and I I like consider consider that I've done like pretty well. Um so you know I still will be competing, but it's just like it's not that main priority anymore. Like I'm not gonna anymore not put in the time at work because I have to get to training, right? Where it's, so it's now I'm not I'm gonna put in extra time at work and if I have to miss training, that's just the way it is. So it's it's been different, but I think if you go in with your expectations at the right point. It's, it's a little bit easier to kind of handle. That's for sure. Anyway. Nice. What, um, what made you decide to, cause you're a full-time athlete and then pursuing a, a career in the Ottawa police force. What, what, what made you decide like that was like the next transition for you? Yeah. Like I've, so it's something that I've always wanted to do. Um, always have been like interested in, in, in that line of work, but I was kind of at a point with my jujitsu. Like I think, I guess it's kind of getting into what we were going to talk about anyway, but like as a woman, right? Like it's like, I, you know, I, like I, I have goals later on in life. Like I want to have kids. I want to do all this stuff, but it's, and it's hard to make, um, like to make money where I can sustain like having a house and having kids just based on training full time. Right. Like I would love to be able to make that my career, but it just wasn't looking like that would be, I wouldn't get to live the life I wanted to live and train jujitsu full time. Right. So it was kind of realizing like I'm at a stage in my life where it's just, it's, it's time for me to kind of move on to that next, that next chapter and, and moving into policing was an easy transition. And it, and it still allows me to have like the jujitsu lifestyle that I want to have. Right. Like I still get to train, I'll still get to compete. It's just, 
it's just going to look a little different. And if, if that's, I kind of came to a point where if that's what I needed to do to like have the life I want in the next five years, like I'm, I'm okay with that. You know, I want to kind of transition because I start, I had a little clip when we had Janie on yeah. and, and here it got posted and it got posted. <laughs> we're going, we're going head first right now. Right. Now. Oh yeah. We're going to, we're going to go right into it. And you were the first person to step yeah. up in there and you even said like, Hey, I might get some heat for this. And yeah. some people, some people brought some heat with them in yeah. that conversation so this, 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 as the kids say the smoke was brought to that yeah <laughs> we're it's it's so, funny because like i was actually looking at that thread and aaron like every hour it's like 35 comments and an hour later he texts me it's like 78 comments yeah, and then, like I, I look at i look at the end of the day it's like 200 i'm like what the hell is going on <laughs> yeah, i'm like so for everybody sorry sorry aaron, aaron, go ahead know what we're talking about um, basically it was all about equal pay in grappling oh I, we've lost jane we've lost allison hold on oh we lost her right at the perfect time <laughs> am i here are you, are you trapped yeah, i can hear Hello? you but we didn't hear anything are you alive you can't hear me yeah, yeah i can hear you i can hear you oh. can you both hear me yep okay go i can for hear it. you Sorry. okay we lost you at like the best or worst possible time <laughs> <laughs> we're hyping everything up and then it's just like oh, oh she left She's gone. No, I'm gone. Okay, we're going to stop talking. We're on you. <laughs> What's the question? <laughs> the question was, so like, like obviously you got a lot of- You didn't even that. ask a question, Aaron. What the hell? <laughs> I got transitioned. We're, we're going to be professional. You have to transition, you hype it up, and then it's like, all right, we're going to throw it to you. So, um, I don't know what you're throwing, but I'm going to throw so, it um, <laughs> So give me your thoughts on that. How, how, like your original thoughts on the whole post that we did and then kind of like what transpired after that. Yeah. So this is something that like, I, I've just started like recently talking about because I find people get so, it's just one of those things that like you can't really talk about and people get, people have a lot of emotion behind it and a lot of feelings, but regarding like equal pay in jujitsu, it's, it's tough, right? Like, do I think that like men and women should make the same money regardless of what they do. Obviously, that's not what I'm saying at all. But at the end of the day, like a lot of people complain and bitch, if I can say that, and whine on on social media about how there isn't the same opportunities at tournaments. Like you'll go, you'll go to let's say the Ontario Open, and there'll be, you know, trips. There'll be like twice the amount of trips for men as there are for women. And everyone gets all mad, and everyone starts like bitching and is saying like that's why they're not registering for these tournaments. But at the end of the day, it's like it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because why as a promoter would you offer a, like a $1,300 trip when you have two women signing up in like the brown and black belt division? Like you're literally going to lose money on that trip. So that was all my point was, was like, listen, if we want the same opportunities as men, we have to start showing up and we have to start registering for these tournaments. It's, it's silly for us, for like us as women anyway, to complain that we don't have the opportunity when we're not creating the opportunities for ourselves right we're not we're not going it's not like there's 20 girls registered and then like fernando not that he would ever do this is like i'm not gonna give a trip to women like that's not what he's doing it's not, like it's not practical for him to like you know give as many trips because he would lose money and why is a promoter you don't want to lose money as a promoter or as an organizer of a tournament and that's all my point was is like you know do i think like on a super fight if like that I should be paid the same as like a black belt again like I don't I don't know like maybe but at the end of the day like if I were to fight Gordon Ryan Gordon Ryan would kick my ass so why should I make the same amount of money as Gordon Ryan that's all kind of my point was and then everybody just kind of exploded from there <laughs> I think no but I, I think you make an important point like for example, like let's say you're a police officer, you do the same amount of work as your other male police officer. Should you get paid the same? Like, I don't think anybody's going to make that argument. That's yeah. going to say, your, "Oh no, you should get paid less because you're a woman." Yeah. That's not what you're, you're saying good. at all. Yeah. But I, I think when it comes to jujitsu, it's it's very subjective. I think as well because like you you got to look at and this is the way I'm, I'm thinking about it as well like and you even said for like a, a promoter like let's say i'm going to host a tournament uh, i'm going to give a trip to you know let's say a, a certain demographic of people that are signing up and they're showing up 
I'm going to be more inclined to give a trip there versus, all right, I'm going to give away a female trip. You know, I want to promote women's jujitsu, but if I'm losing money doing it from a, a financial or a business, like at the end of the day, like a lot of these tournaments are businesses. 100%. It's business. Money, yeah. right? Like, it's a bit, it's yeah. a business. Like, if I'm going to offer a trip, I want to at least make my money back, like, at the very yeah. least. And, like, that's why, like, like, I mean, I use the Ontario Open because, like, they're the biggest tournament in Canada and, like, they offer trips and, like, it's, it's been great. And I've been competing, like, at that tournament since the first turn, like, the first Ontario Open that I ever had. And I, I absolutely love it. But it's like the Ontario Open isn't, like, isn't a charity. They're not giving out trips because, like, like, just for the sole purpose of like wanting to be nice and wanting to like better people. Like that's part of it, but it's also like the trips incentivize people to register. So like, if you don't mm -hmm. register, you can't then bitch that there's no, there's no prizes being given out. And that's what frustrates me is like, and my whole point was like, you know, people were saying, well, nobody registers because of the trips. And it's like, well, you can register. And then if there's one other person in your division and you know, there's not going to be a trip given out, you can, you can get a refund and you can get your money back. Like, so it, it's just, it's difficult. Right. And, and, it, and for me, it's always been challenging because I, like I came up when I started competing, like it was like me and Elena Hardy at, at blue belt, you know, and it was me and Elena Hardy at every single tournament. And it, and I would fight Elena Hardy and we like every, every single time. And it's like, and now it's great. Like there's, there's so many more blue belt women competing and so many more purple belt women competing, but it's just, it's just frustrating because I hear girls being like, well, I have to fight the same people every time. But it's like, I did too. Like I had to do that. I still have to do that. Like I register for the Ontario open and it's me and Jacinta. And it's like, Oh fuck, I have to fight Jacinta again. Like, great. She's going to take me down and she's going to like smash me. But like, it's how you get better too, right? Like fighting the same people, you like you you improve, and it's 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 all for the betterment and like the growth of the sports. So like I'm happy to do it, but it's just you know it's frustrating when yeah, like I'm out there competing, putting it on the line, and then there's people that aren't, and then they they are bitching. It's just like I don't know. I think I think also another thing is if you really think about it, like I like early on, like when I started competing as like a white belt and a blue belt, yeah. you look at like the female. You look at like the female um, divisions, it's a lot of them are combined. It's like white, mm -hmm. you might have a blue belt division and then it's like purple, brown, black. Yeah, 100%. Or like, it's like Abu Dhabi Pro Trials. It's like white belt and then the rest. It's like, if you're a color yeah. belt, you're, it can be, you can be a blue belt who just got their blue belt and you're fighting like like a world-class black belt. Like, so, so funny you mentioned that. 2012 and the Abu Dhabi Pro, first year I went pro belt, it was purple and, and up. And like I had to fight Luana, Luana from like Alliance in like my first match in the absolute. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, you know, you're like a brand new girl. You're fighting this like five-time world champion. But like to me, if I want to be a world champion one day, cool. I get to now fight one of the best girls in the world. I like worst case scenario, I lose. I'm supposed to lose. Cool, whatever I learn. But like there's a chance I could beat her. And like how amazing would that be? You know? So it's like I think it's all how you look at it and how you approach it. And if you like the best way to get better at jujitsu as to competitively is to compete. So the more you compete, the better at competing you're going to get. And it's just like, as a competitor, why wouldn't you want to compete at every tournament you can? And I think like a little part of me gets frustrated too, because it's like, there's like you Toronto people are so spoiled with your tournaments. And I will say this. You Toronto mans and all your jujitsu. You you're so lucky. And it's like, you know, so it's like, I like it, like, it's just, yeah, it's like if, if women want the same prizes and same like opportunities as men in jujitsu, they have to start competing and they have to start showing up at these tournaments because it's not like, you know, and, and then we can start being like, hey, what about us, right? But if we're not there and we're not, like, registering, how can we how can we have a say in what's going on, I think was all my point was. Yeah, like, if there's a tournament that has 300 men and 10 females, like, it's – I think, I think the, big, the big question now, I think, is – I would say jiu-jitsu's come a long way from even, like, five, six, seven years ago, especially okay, even, yeah. like, in the female – in the female realm of things. Like I would say like when you were competing versus 2020, I would say there's mm -hmm. still a lot more females competing now, but I think the big question is how do you get, I asked Janine this as well. Cause you know, she's frustrated. I think with the situation as well. Cause she's like, well, I'm a Brown belt. I want to compete. But then I'm also like my point to her and to a lot of females that are, are higher belt levels. It's like, there's just not that many of you to compete against. 
So the big question is, how do you get more females to compete against? So like, like I think right off the bat, like, again, I'm going to probably get into over this, but I think right off the bat, I think you're always going to have more men in jujitsu than women. Like just because of the nature of the sport, right? Like, oh, like more men are going to be attracted to rolling around with other sweaty men than like, I'm sorry, but this is this and, is why Aaron Aaron wants to. This is how he, Aaron got into it on day one. He's just like, yeah, oh, yeah. sweaty men. That was my plan. Sign me up. As a woman, like I don't know, not a lot of girls are like, I don't want to roll with like a weird, smelly, sweaty dude. Like it's just not as like enticing to women, maybe like off the bat. But I think like that's where like finding the right club is super important. You know, like finding a club that like as a woman like respects you, but doesn't like like I, cause I experienced two things like, right. As, well, three things I experienced, like people treating me as like a normal human being and rolling with me like hard and, and, and tough. And then you experience like people going too easy with you because you're a woman. And then that doesn't help you get better. And that's not conducive to anything either. But then you have the other extreme. You have people who are like, well, I don't want to get the shit kicked out of me by a girl. So I'm going to go like, damn. And then, and then that's when you get hurt. Right. So it's like, it's finding that balance. It's finding the people that, understand like you're like understanding that like you physically are different from a man but not like not patronizing you you know mm -hmm. and like a good instructor who gets that and who understands like how to train women and how to teach women and everyone really it's not just women but it, you know Aaron would you like to share your story on day one you were training with a female and how badly did they wreck you well, they wrecked me they choked me out that's why I signed <laughs> up right after <laughs> Janine was talking about her. So she's doing her PhD in like, I don't know, neuroscience, something like that. She studies rats. That's what Janine was saying on the, I think on the last podcast, but like, she's like 125 pounds and we always put her with like the new guys because it's great because it like, it shows what jujitsu is and she just kicks the crap out of them. And it's, you get like two reactions. You get someone like Aaron, who's like, sweet, I need to learn this. Or you get people that are like, okay, this is, I'm never coming back because I'm like mortified. So it's just funny, like seeing those two like different reactions. Do you find that at the club that you, just for everybody who's listening, like what the, what's the jujitsu club that you train at in Ottawa? And then I have mm -hmm. a follow-up question that I want to ask you as well is, do you find that you're, you know, you being like a black belt female is a lot more accomplished in like the tournament scene. Do you find that helps to attract more females to your gym versus another one? Yeah, so, okay, so I train, yeah, so the club I train is called Alpha Mixed Martial Arts in Carlton Place. Um, my dad runs it, owns it. Um, he's, like, the head coach there. He, we've been open for, like, 11, 12 years now. I think it'll be 13 in September. Um, and I, I get asked this all the time. Like, a lot of people are like, oh, like, a lot of girls must come and train. And, and, and it's like, yeah, 100%, like, it helps. But like at the end of the day too, like there's a reason why I got to be the level that I am. And that's because of like the coaching and like, because of my dad and like the coaching and the culture that he's created at the club. Right. So like, yes, having me being part of that culture is, is something that's important too, but it's like, but everybody kind of follows in suit with that because, because the head coach, you know, does like, doesn't treat me any, doesn't treat women any differently. Like I would say our club's kind of an anomaly. Like I would say we have, equal men and women training and some classes will even have more women than men. Um, and I think it's just because like, I've been to so many clubs where, and it's good, you need this sometimes, but like where, you know, everyone's just trying to like beat the crap out of each other and going a hundred percent in every role. And we take a, like a lot, except for like leading up to big tournaments, but like in regular training, like it's all about like going where you're, you're weakest at and working from there. Right. So if, let's say I'm like a brand new female white belt. And even like, if I'm rolling with her, I'm going to go to like my worst position. And cause then I get to practice, but then that new person that I'm rolling with, they also get to practice and they just get the crap kicked out of them for like the whole round, you know? So it, it helps both people get better. And I think having that kind of culture and mindset, it just makes it a bit more of like, like an attractive atmosphere for somebody who maybe isn't as like physically, like strong or you know what I mean like do you know what I'm trying to say I don't know if that makes yeah. sense. yeah so you're, you're trying to basically like it doesn't make sense for you to go okay I'm gonna go half guard Kimura on this white belt yeah, he's been exactly. training two weeks yeah because you, you want to work on things that maybe you're not so good at I I think it's just I think you mentioned I think it's more of a I think the big thing uh, probably getting more 
I, I think since we're on the topic of discussing like getting more females mm-hmm. involved with jujitsu, I think it's just the culture of the gym and it, it doesn't have to be a male or a female running it necessarily. But I think that the culture has to be there to get females comfortable. And I think into trying it and being like, Hey, you know what, this is, this is a martial art that can help you. Yeah. But I definitely think it does help like having like, you know, everyone wants to, you want to go and you want to train with people that you can relate to. Right. So if you come into a club and it's all, it's like all men and you're like, Oh, like, how am I going to fit into this culture? How am I going to kind of fit in with everybody? But if you go in and you see, you see me, you see Jessica, you see like Lisa, who's also a black, like we have three female black belts at our club. It's like a club of like a hundred members, you know, like in a really, in a small town. So it's like to have three female black belts is like, is, is really cool. And it, it, yeah, like it definitely makes people feel like they have someone that they can relate to. Right. And like someone that's mm-hmm. like them, which I think is helpful too. Oh yeah. It's a big advantage to especially have that type of culture already set in. So when you kind of, if you're giving advice to like somebody who's just starting like a female, just starting, what's the, like the first thing you'd tell them to expect or to even like, Hey, this is what's going to help you moving forward. Well, that's, yeah. I think like the biggest thing is like, it's just like understanding that like, it's going to be weird at first and that's okay. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, a, it's like a first day. Just, just here we yeah, are. It's going to be weird. It's going to be weird. Just, it's going to be awkward. You're going to have Aaron, who's a hairy, sweaty, ginger dude. Like, it's, it's going to be weird. But just, just here we go. It's going to be it's gonna be great. Your jokes aren't landing, just so you're on the on the same page. They, you, I'm on, they're not good today. I'm, I'm, on, I'm on fire right now. You're not. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like that. And then just, like, like – it's hard because it's like you know it, it it really depends what what they want out of it too and I think that that's also something that maybe jujitsu clubs are lacking a little bit as well is like it's like if someone's coming because they're you know they just want to like have a have an outlet and like have fun and and train like that's one thing versus like training to become like the a world champion like those two training methods are very very different so it's like finding out what the person wants and then and then giving them that and like not not being too like like not trying to shove jujitsu down their throat so to speak but just like letting them like appreciate it um I think as a woman like I think gonna sound weird but I think men are grow up like being more physical and more hands-on so like I think that initial hump isn't as great for like men to come over where like as, as women like most some women right like we don't like wrestle a lot of kids we don't like we aren't too like physical um so just like you know getting used just like getting used to it but like trying it like you have to do it and you have to give it a shot and you have to come to it like with an open mind and I think if you can like, you know, if you can kind of have a reason for doing it, like for fitness or for self-defense and then just like having that reason in mind the whole time, like is, it will be beneficial as well. Um, but I think just, I think just like trying it, like just like anything, like trying it, giving it a shot and, and not letting like what you initially think of it, like impact your decision. Right. Like right away, if someone's on top of you amount and you don't know them, like that's a really scary thing. But just like being learning how to become okay with that and like overcoming that and just but again if you have a good club and if you have a club with like a conducive culture like it that that a lot of those struggles get nullified you know does that make sense no that, no that makes that makes perfect sense go on aaron no i'm waiting on you mike you're like, well, you're not impressed with my jokes so go go on aaron <laughs> I quit. <laughs> <laughs> so when you kind of look at um, all the competitions that you've kind of done and you, again, Ontario Open has been one of the ones that you've really kind of like shined that you've gotten to the trips on. What's kind of like that special moment on all these tournaments that you've done that have kind of like really stood out to you? Yeah. So I like, obviously like winning the IBGDF Worlds at Purple, like that, that's a big one just because it was like, the day, like the moment I realized like, okay, like I could do this. And like, this is something that like, I, like I can pursue and like, I can become even better and I can maybe one day become a black belt world champ. But so my first year of purple in 2012, I won one gold and came third in the absolute. And I was like, I'm the best. Like I am so great. And then um, (laughs) my second year year of purple, I like came in, I was like, this is sweet. I won world last year, like whatever. And then I lost my first match and I was like, what the hell? Like, what is wrong with me? Like, like it was just, it just was like a really big, like, okay, I need to actually like take this more seriously. Like I need to just mentally switch. 
So coming from that to like losing my first match at purple and then going on the next year to like win the world championships at Brown was just like a really good, like kind of self redeeming moment. And that was just really nice to be like, okay, like I suffered this, like at the time, like a huge, like blow to like my ego, but I was able to like overcome that and then go on and win worlds the next year. You know, that was something that was really cool. Um, and then just in terms of like cool comp competition moments, like, going to competing at ADCC in 2015 in Brazil. Like, I think that's kind of like every grappler's like dream. So that was like really cool. Mm -hmm. I had to, find, I got Gabby Garcia in my first match. I was like, so I want to ask you about that. Like, yeah. what is your, what is your initial reaction? You go to check the brackets. You're like, Alison Tremblay. And then you read the next name. Ooh, yeah. Like, what's so I like it's funny right like so my like Mike and my dad came down with me um to, to Brazil so it's, it's interesting like being coached by family members right because like you it's great in one way because like you know 100% that they have your back and like they're not like my dad's never gonna tell me to do something that is gonna be bad for me like he's never gonna like tell me like he's never gonna like risk my health to like bet, like make himself or his club look better. And, and ha knowing that is like, is awesome because I know like whatever he tells me to do, it's the best of intentions. Um, and having Mike as like a training partner and as someone like we're super close, we're close in age. Like we both train like that's it's, it's awesome. But like when I get really stressed come like tournaments, it, it's sometimes bad because like, they like we we fight and we like we're t we're all stressed and we all kind of get so anyway the bracket comes out and I'm like, I'm like okay this is fine like, I can do this like I'm being like super trying to like super self talk like positive self talk myself up and I look over at my dad and Mike and I could see them like see the bracket they kind of go like fuck and I got so I just got like so <laughs> and they're like no no they're like that's and anyway that's not what they were they meant they meant but like at the time because like I was so stressed we got in this like big fight about it um but the last fun like i i like ah yeah. shit i mean i mean nothing <laughs> you can do it you know like, yeah exactly right like i just kind of caught them in their like true yeah exactly <laughs> but like the match went like nine and a half minutes and like i had her like in a kimura at one point and i remember she just like lifted me off the ground and i was like 210 pounds at the time and i was like jesus christ like she just like deadlifted me like as i'm like trying to kimura her um but like it was like it, so it was a good match like it was a good experience but like yeah like I wish I could have like fought a bit more at ADCC in 2015 um but then so there was that and then the two black belt world finals like those were those were like surreal almost so like the first year right like you it's, it's a very interesting transition to black at least for me it was because you go from like idolizing these girls like right you're blue belt you're like creeping them all on youtube you're watching their highlight videos and then the next thing you know, you're like standing across the mat from them. And you're like, oh shit, I have to beat you now. Like I just like watched and like tried to get better from like watching you. And now I have to like view you as like an equal. So like that was, that was an interesting experience. Like my first year. So in the finals, I got like totally destroyed because I was just happy to be there. Like I was like, oh, I made it to the finals. I'm awesome. <laughs> um, coming back the second year and like being able, fought the same girl, Fernanda Mazzelli and was able like we taught we were tied at the end of the match and it went to like a rest decision and so like that again was just like a really like i wish it would have gone the other way but it was still like a really great moment because it was like you just to see that like improvement from year to year to be like okay like you know now i know i belong here and it's a different fight and it's a different battle so it's yeah it's been some some a lot of cool moments you know i think you mentioned one thing as well it's like coming back from adversity so a lot of times i think a lot of people need that where you won worlds probably in your mind. You go back again. You're like, eh, I yeah. won it last year. I'll, I'll win it again. I got this. And then I think that was probably like a big wake up call for you. It's like, you know, I can't yeah. just show up. I need to, I need to put in the work. I need to do what I need to do. I can't just, you know, show up and win gold. And that was like a huge game, like a game plan shift for me. Cause like my game plan, like I've always felt like, like everyone knows my game plan, right? It's to like get to half guard on top and get a Kimura. Like that's what I, that's what I do. That's what I want to do. And like, and so I, I found like as a purple belt, I kind of was like, well, I want to start doing like fancy stuff. I want to do like, I'm going to pull guard. I'm going to like start doing like barren, like pulling guard is fancy, not the pulling guard is fancy, but like, I want to do like all this, you know, and I just spent like all my time practicing like the wrong things that weren't suited for my game plan because I wanted to be like something that I wasn't. So like learning too that like, 
it's okay to have like a very simplistic get, like game plan if it works for you. Like there's nothing wrong with that. You don't need to like impress people with your fancy techniques. At the end of the day, if you're winning, nobody really cares how you won, right? So basically the complete opposite of what I try to do when I compete like once yeah. every decade. That's, that goes back to my like advice to Janine, right? Like as much as you guys were laughing at it, it was like, that's how I am before I matches. It's like, what are you going to do? It's like, I'm going to beat the crap out of her. I'm going to like destroy her. I'm not going to like go in and try to like, like, yes, I am. But like, you know, it's just like that, just a different, I have a different mindset of like very, it's very basic. I don't try to do anything fancy or crazy because it just. You, you, you basically, you know what you're good at and you're like, I'm going to stick to this. It works. And why, I'm like, do why it. Would I, right? Like if, yeah. if I have my game plan, it's like, it's like, you know, I'm driving to Kingston. It's like, sure, I could go all these like crazy routes, but like, why wouldn't I just take the 401 and get there way quicker, you know? At the end of the day, it's all about winning and it doesn't really matter how you win, it's getting it done, right? Exactly. That's what gets you the gold. Plain and simple. Yeah. <laughs> like, but, but if you can get it done in style, that's bonus points. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> yeah, and, and, again, we could, but you always look at like all the great people, they always do things simple, right? It's not necessarily has to be as fancy as possible. It's when we look at like win loss record, it's always just a lot of times it's just the same thing over and over again, or it's the same technique or it's the same transition in there. Right. They might get there differently, but it's always pretty much the same time. Yeah, exactly. Todger Gracie, perfect example of that one, yeah. 10 black belt world titles by Pulling, pulling close guard, dragging an arm, mounting, choking. Next. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> pull, and pull everyone close. knew what he was going to do, and he just did it anyway. Like, that's, what, that's what's cool, right? It's like, yeah. I know what he's going to do, and then you just can't stop it. So when you kind of look at it as far as, like, this transition of, obviously, from athlete, police officer, COVID, yeah. all this stuff, like, what have you kind of been doing to – keep whether it's in training or has it just been kind of like all over the place like what have you been able to do yeah it's been a little crazy so like so yeah so january i went to opc just as at elmer um so like training took a weird kind of dive there i was able to like work out and stuff but i don't like nothing to me nothing's the same as jujitsu in terms like i can run i can lift weights but it just doesn't do the same thing for me so but i was training like once a week with the guys there there was like, like a group of like 12 of us um, one of the guys used to fight in the UFC. So like, it was a good, it was a good group while I was there. Um, and then while I was there, all this COVID stuff happened. So when I got, but like the college is in such a bubble that like, we were still like, we were still getting groceries. We were still going out for dinner. And then yeah, I came you back. You guys were isolated. Yeah. Came back to Ottawa and it was like, everything was locked down. I like couldn't leave my, I was like, like it was, that was like really hard because you come back from being away for like three months and all you want to do is like see your friends and go out and see people and you can't, you're just like stuck in your house. And I'm like, I can't train. I can't go to the gym. I can't see my friends. Like what, what am I supposed to do? Um, and then, but then, and then I started like working and training and like training to get on the road with Ottawa. Um, so like, yeah, like training has been a write off essentially since January, which has been weird. Like I've, um like just we opened up yesterday um at alpha just doing like solo drills with like kids and adults and stuff so it's been good but like i have like my boyfriend trains he's a blue belt so like we've kind of been like training at home a little bit but like it's just it's, like you guys know it's just not the same and it's just it's been so it's been like a challenge but um yeah like it's i'm like maybe i'll start running and then i try running i'm like this is so boring i'm like how do we do this like, so, you know? um, yeah so why am i why yeah. am i doing this to myself why am i torturing myself yeah, this is boring who do you talk to who do you like interact with? like so you know it just it doesn't work for me um and yeah so it's been hard especially like the club is such like a like it's such a family for me right it's like owned by my dad um, I've been teaching there since its inception. So it's like just seeing like all the kids that I like not getting to see them, not getting to see like the people that mm. I train with. It's been, it's definitely been super challenging. It's like, I want it's a huge part of my like social circle. Right. But, but yeah, like I'm like, you know, obviously optimistic that things will hopefully return back to normal, but it's, it's definitely been challenging for sure. For sure. I think you mentioned, I think the big thing with jujitsu for me and like, I know I could probably speak for Aaron as well. I think it, the big thing of going to, you can train at home with like your spouse or significant other, but like, it's good to, you know, go to the gym, interact with people. Yeah. You can't really do that right now. I mean, like you can go do some solo drills, wave, wave high from like the other side of the mat, but 
I think I, I think that's the big thing is I think that mentally I think health are just you just hanging out with people. Yeah. Shooting shooting the shit, training jujitsu, mm-hmm. like Yeah. And like and just that like that physical release too of like stress and like like it's yeah, you can run, but like I find when you're doing jujitsu, like you're too worried about like not getting choked out or like arm barred to like worry about all the like other stuff that's going on in your life, right? Like so it's like you go out and run and I'm like all I'm thinking about is like all the things I have to do when I get back and all the like things I have to do for work where it's like when I'm training, it's like I'm just trying not to die. And it's like so it's like not getting to do that and like it's just it's yeah it's been different but I think it's like something that kind of everyone is struggling with but hopefully like, you know hopefully it hopefully things open up soon you guys are still in like still in stage two eh? in Toronto you haven't gone yeah to we're stage two we'll probably be like two weeks behind so we're thinking yeah. maybe like August 1st we might be able to get back to some form of like back well our mike and i where we work might open up and all that kind of jazz so we'll see what happens there if brampton can get their shit together (laughs) yeah yeah, that's really brampton what the hell brampton (laughs) i feel like people say that a lot maybe i don't know are you aware of brampton being from ottawa like i've been to brampton like the ontario open's been in brampton so i've been there I feel sorry for you. You've been to Brampton. But like, I don't know Brampton. Like, I'm not like, oh, for, yeah. For, for, the, for the record, I am I am from Brampton. So I, I'm allowed to <laughs> talk uh, negatively about Brampton. But I just, you know. Yeah. For the, for the record, Mississauga had no COVID cases yesterday. And Brampton had all of them. <laughs> all of the ones in the country, apparently. All, all Brampton. Mississauga zero. COVID official count in Brampton. All of the cases. Yes. So I have a question. So you, you said your boyfriend's uh, a blue belt. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So when you guys are training, right, and he's like, hey, I got a cool move to show you. Do you just like squash it right there? And like, that's not going to work. No, I'm like, no. <laughs> so, I'm, okay, so my boyfriend's a blue belt. He like, so he, he's a personal trainer, um, like full time, which is like, and he owns his own business. So like, I like he trains with me, but like by training, I mean like he's able to train like once a month, maybe like once every couple weeks. Um, so we just kind of roll and pull like fool around, like try some stuff. But like, yeah, like he's, he, he trains kind of when he can, but he's not like, He's not a super hardcore. Jiu-jitsu. He does jujitsu because like I do it and he likes it, and but he just kind of squeezes it in when he can, if that makes sense. He's so I got you. That's that's fair. Yeah. yeah, but he's not like, oh, I've been thinking about this new move. He doesn't. I don't think he has time. He's bringing it. Hey, hey, Allison, I saw this on YouTube. Yeah. What are you saying? No, stop. <laughs> <laughs> No, so so obviously it was like you see like Canada's doing really well as far as COVID cases go U.S. is its own different story and when obviously nobody's been training as much as they want to and all that kind of jazz and you see on like clubs going full out no restrictions all that kind of stuff what's kind of like your thought process when you see stuff like that I mean like I have like I have like my own personal thought process on like this whole thing which is like if I want to like I don't know if I want to train and like run the risk of getting sick that should be like on me and I but like I also understand the like public health thing and the public safety thing um I think I think as like a club owner if you're willing to take that risk and have people in your club training when they're not supposed to go for it I think it's a big risk to take um, in terms of like fines, in terms of just like the, the chance of somebody getting sick, like if they can trace it back to that club, like that's a scary position to be in. Um, but again, like, I mean, I'm all, I'm all for people like doing what they want to do as long as it doesn't like significantly hurt other people. Right. So like, if you have a group of five people and those five people are all cool with it, like, cool. That's like, you know, by all means go ahead. Like I have no, you know, but, and I get, I get to like, gyms have to make money like it's it's been hard for gym owners right like as we all know mm-hmm. like it hasn't been hasn't been an easy situation where the government's literally like no you can't make your money you know, sorry you can't make a living shops closed yeah. here's two grand a month you're like what that's not like that doesn't seem 
the greatest, but you know, so it's like, I get, I get it. I get both sides. And I think, you know, people have to do what they think is best for them. And by all means, you know, go for it, but it's just, it's a risk, right? Yeah. I wanted to ask you even about that as well. Like, I think well, I'll ask Aaron about this too. It's like, how do you train during this? I think you mentioned it. You probably just have to find like a small group of people, like four people, keep it an even number and be like, okay, we're going to train together. We're going to have a little pod going on and we're going to train and we're not going to really go anywhere else or like, you know, cough on elderly or anything like that. Like you gotta be, you gotta be careful at the end of the day. Like you don't want to, you don't want what you're doing to drastically affect the lives of other people. Like I don't want to be going out and training with a hundred people. And then I, I run through Walmart streaking and I'm getting everybody sick. Like I don't want to, I think most people morally don't want to do that. So I think, I don't know, like, what do you, what do you think? Like, what is the best kind of way going forward? Like just have a small group of people, but then like, how do, how do businesses survive? Like your dad, for example, like, like running a gym during this time, it's, it's not the easiest task. It's definitely not, you know, and, and like, we're lucky, like we have a great group of members that are like supportive, but you're right. Like, it's not easy. I think, and especially like, my like for what I do for a living right like I'm out there in the public around a lot of people in like not the greatest of states in like you know I'm getting really close to people I'm like touching a lot of people so it's like the last thing I want to do is like bring that into like someone who doesn't want to be exposed to any of that right so it's like it would be irresponsible of me to like just be like well I want to train so too bad I'm just gonna go and like like you know like it's 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 tough right you have to kind of like look at look at all of those factors and it's, it's like yeah I mean it's a balancing act and I think I think if you have like like for example like Jesse like my boyfriend right it's like we live together like we're we're breathing the same air we're touching all the same stuff so it's like if we want to roll like it's, that's probably okay you know because we're yeah. like you know we've already given each other whatever you know we're gonna we come into contact with without sounding um but yeah you know so I think I think if you have something like that it's fine but I think where you run into trouble is like you know, how many people do I come in contact with on my shift? Probably like, you know, 25 to 50 people a shift. And then if I bring that back and those aren't like, you know, a lot of those people are homeless or like, you know, so it's, it's just, yeah, it's just kind of balancing it. It's tough. It's super tough. I don't think there's an answer for it. I think that's why we're in the state we're in, you know? Yeah. I, I think you can't look at it from one extreme or another. Cause you have one side, it's like, you open up everything there's another what's closed there i think the truth yeah. is there has to be some sort of balancing act i think at the yeah. end of the day like you can't you can't keep businesses closed forever but at the same time it's like you can't you can't do anything silly to overexpose people to what's out there and like like let's be honest jujitsu is just like the most contact of like all of this like i literally had someone's sweat from their like hairy chest fall into my mouth like that's about as like <laughs> Uh. ever gonna get with somebody you know so it's like i get why jiu-jitsu is like the last sport to open up because it's like you're literally like sharing like sweat with someone else you know yeah like i whenever i mount aaron i'm always like sweating into his eye his mouth and that that usually (laughs) happens very frequently because i'm sweaty and i'm always in mount so yeah, you know, <laughs> poor Aaron. <laughs> it's okay. I'll get him back on the next podcast. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> so obviously kind of like with, um, you have your career that you're working on teaching yep. as well. Kind of like, have you given thoughts to like, whether it's future in the sport or future as what you're doing right now? Kind of like, what's the next steps for you? So like next steps, like I like, of when all this let's just say everything's normal in a perfect world right like I'd still be training um kind of like when I can and then the goal like I still I I we had to book our like 2021 holidays for work and so I like have booked off the like week before and the week after world so I'm like if so if, if 2021 world adult world is happening like I'm 100% doing it competing there and that's kind of kind of be um like that's the goal for sure and then I'm I was going to do master's world this year. I was super excited, super pumped for it, but obviously that's not going to happen now. Um, so I'd love to do master's world in 2021 and just, just compete still as much as I can. Like I don't, I think you see this transition with people, right. Of like them being really competitive and jujitsu being like all they do. And then 
they compete a whole bunch and then they they have to whatever reason like their their priorities change and they stop competing but it's like to me like I love competing and I use competing as like a way to learn and a way to get better so like yeah it's fun to win but like competing to me isn't only about winning so I still want to compete I still want to like support this the jiu-jitsu scene as much as I can especially locally um so it's like yeah like I still want to do all the things I've been doing it's just going to now be like the the expectations are going to be a bit different right it's not going to be like you know it's going to be no like okay like you're competing against girls who like this is all they do right this is their life this is like what they live and breathe for and it's not what you live and breathe for anymore and, and that's okay like but it's just the matches might be a little bit different and you might have to like change up what your expectations are and not to say like, I'm going to go in thinking I'm going to lose, but it's just not, it's just not the same. I don't know if that makes sense. I feel no, like you're digging. I feel, I feel like you're digging at me. You said, you know, there's some people that compete and then they no. just don't compete anymore. I'm like, ow, my feelings. Like that right. hurts. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but, but it's for, hard though, right? Like I'm, yeah. if I like am used to winning and then I go and compete and I'm not winning anymore, like that's, I'm not like I wish Ow. I was the person. Yeah, I like, <laughs> I'm not hundred percent gonna be upset. Sorry, but you know, like I'm. But it's, it's, it's I love it. Like I've, I've competed in every sport I've ever done, and to me, that's a big part of like of sport is like you, something can be great and you can do it a hundred times perfect in practice, but if you can't do it when it really matters, I don't know. Like it, it's just a different. It's like a different level of like performance and proficiency that you have to have at that oh, again ow, Ugh, like, ow. <laughs> for what it's worth i'm not <laughs> tearing me apart oh, here jeez i would fucking love it fucking love it i hope she i hope she, you're bleeding she, inside she's she's, dig, she's digging into me more than like aaron tries to dig into me like ever i'm not even trying <laughs> I, I will say for the record i i did have a i did have a, a super match or a super fight actually i want to ask you about that is jujitsu a fight random question to both of you. No. I'm going to probably match. Yeah, it's a match. It's a game. Like realistically, it's a, it's a game. And like but jiu-jitsu can be used in a fight, but I think mm -hmm. I think it's a game. Like I'm sorry, but in a fight like if you tap out in a fight, nothing's going to happen. The person's going to continue to beat the shit out of you. Where like so it just it just changes like the the stress level, right? So I think jiu-jitsu is a game. I think it's a match. I think, but I think there, I think there's a big difference between like jujitsu and fighting, but like a fighting a fight. But I think a person who knows jujitsu would beat an untrained person all the time in a fight, if that makes sense. But I don't yeah, think it's yeah. Absolutely. I, I don't know. I, I just, I just thought like pulling on a lapel, pulling it out. I'm like, this, this is war. This is a fight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, Absolutely. It's totally a fight. Like when I'm competing, no, I'm like, no, I'm like, this is war, like, like do or die. But there, there's always that little thing in the back of your head where it's like, if ever I don't want to be here, I can just tap out and someone will come and rescue me. Where like in a fight, that's not, that's not going to happen. You know, no. in a fight, you have to get out yourself. Yeah, it's all about fighting for positioning and like chess moves. But again, like you said, it's a game that you're making move for move, move for move. It's a game. So I would yeah. call it a match more than anything. It's not really necessarily a fight. Whereas a fight, as you said, you can tap out if you want. But again, a fight if person keeps going. And that's yeah. a reality. Aaron, lapel guard is absolutely 100% a fight. <laughs> Changed my mind. <laughs> Ooh, so are we going to ask this question then? So we haven't asked this question in a while. So what was it, the Barambolo? Will it work in a street fight? I mean, like, I don't, maybe. Like, <laughs> if you're fighting someone that has, like, no clue, like, I, like, probably depends. I, but, like, is that probably the most advantageous position to be in in a street fight? Probably not. Like, there's, you know, there's a lot of bad things that can happen to you from there. <laughs> Sorry if I'm offending someone right now. Mike, over but, there, I don't know. No, it, it, I'll come. Oh, come on! I've done some crazy things. I don't think I would ever try that. You know, like I think there's a big difference between like sport jujitsu and stuff that like is will work and will win you jujitsu matches. But I don't think you necessarily want to do those things in a fight. Like it's like if I have to arrest somebody and they're fighting me, I'm not gonna like pull guard and get them in like Delhiva. I'm gonna be like, no, fuck you, and I'm gonna get on top and I'm gonna do what I have to do, right? Yeah, you pretty much said it. You you can back to your analogy earlier. It's like, in a, can you take the four hundred one 
or yeah. to go to Kingston. I don't know why you'd want to go to Kingston, but to 401 to go to Kingston. Mike lives in Kingston. He's going to be so mad that you shit on Kingston. Who's that? <laughs> Mike, he drinks the Kingston Kool-Aid. Oh, I mean, Kingston is a fantastic, wonderful <laughs> city that is much, much better than Brampton, for the record. <laughs> I will go on record and say that. But um, Oh, no, we they, lost a follower. <laughs> oh, we yeah. lost a follower. <laughs> This guy, yeah. somebody's probably watching this like, what the fuck? I'm from Brampton. <laughs> Thumbs down on YouTube. Suck. Yeah. Stop talking about COVID. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I think your analogy from earlier, I think is perfect because you said like, hey, in a street fight, you can pull guard and bear and bolo. And you know what? If somebody has no idea what they're doing and they don't know what that is, you can probably do it. Or you can take them down, mount, control them. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot simpler, like, straightforward line of attack, yeah. which I think is a lot more your style of jujitsu. Yeah. Yeah. So when you – like, I always like asking this question. It's like – because you've been around the sport for so long. Whereas what do you think is, like, going to take the next step for Canada to kind of, like, grow even bigger than what it is right now? So I have an opinion about this. Ooh, I like opinions. Um, this, is, this is why we have you on. We want to create more controversy. Go on. Well, it'll probably work. No, I just, so I think Canadians like just need to support Canadians more. Like, and I, and I like, I know that there's like big names in Brazil and big names in the States and like all that. And like, those people are great. But like, I see this question being asked all the time, like by people like, how can we support Canadian jujitsu? And then they post like videos of like, two people from like the States fighting. And it's like, yeah, those people are great, but it's like, let's also just like highlight great Canadian talent. And I think we just need to do more of that. Like there's great Canadian competitors. Like there's like, Jacinta's not competing anymore, but like Jacinta, there's Cameron Florzak, there's um, like a whole bunch of people that like actively go out and compete that are from here. And like, we have to like Canadians, we have to be like, hey, look, these people are Canadian. Like go them, like they're awesome. Instead of like looking at like, you know, what people in the States and Brazil and, and all of and, and it's hard because like those people are the ones that are like at the top right now in the sport. But I think just from like, like a camaraderie perspective, I think the best way to like expose more Canadian talent is just to, like support those Canadians that are competing at like the highest level. So like support those that are competing at worlds and like really do a, a job, good job of like promoting those individuals too, you know? I think it's what yeah, also think, me, me and Aaron are trying to do, like, even podcasting. Yeah. Like, get a lot of good Canadian jiu-jitsu talent on here as well. We'll get, like, a lot of international people on, of course, over time. but And we'll do some other things there. But I, I think you mentioned that as well because every time you look at it's like, okay, we're going to – all right, we're going to study some film. It's like, all right, the top top guys in the U.S., top guys in Brazil, yeah. top Brazilian. Yeah, like, there's it's, nothing wrong with that. But, like, you can take, like, like for, for the women, for example, like, you can take, like, Vicky, myself, Janine – um you can take Jessica like there's so many girls like competing at that top level that like you can look at and and like same with the guys too like it's not like we don't have anybody competing at at like these these top tournaments so it's like let's support those people while we like while we're doing all of this stuff too you know absolutely you just rattle off a bunch of names that I want to have on here as well that are like world-class talent but um Erin uh any anything else you want to uh Anyone, anything else you want to throw in or do you want to wrap, wrap us up for the evening, sir? Um, I'm just, I'm like uh, a uh, I don't know. No, I, maybe. I'm just like, so I do because like she brought up a great point, right? Where we talk about like talking about Canadian talent, right? And it's just like, what platforms do we need to get them on, right? Like, that, I think that's the biggest thing, right? It's getting this, exposure. This, this podcast so, right this, here with no, 10 no, 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 viewers. I know, like 10 viewers. But I think like, like, I get frustrated too, like, sorry, but like, I get frustrated, like, from, you know, it's like, I see like, um, like people being brought in for seminars, like people, girls being like flown in from like the States and, and Brazil for these seminars. But it's like, why aren't we getting like, you know, Canadian people to run seminars at our clubs? Like, why are we not, you know, like, what a great way to like, not only yep. pick their brains, but now we get to like financially support these athletes. Like, why, why not do that before we like, you know, go and a, and a lot of these top Canadian talents have like beaten the people that we're bringing in for these seminars. So it's like, you know, it's like, why, you know, why are we like going outside for stuff that we have right in house? 
I agree a hundred percent. Like you, I think you just nailed it. It's like, why isn't, uh, you know, like somebody like a Cameron Florzak doing more seminars and going to different schools or why isn't an Alison Tremblay back in her, back in the day, why aren't you doing more seminars or things like that? Is that something that you want to do specifically or just, yeah, just like, an I've idea done, to like, yeah, like I'm always like, I like, I've, I've done a bunch, like I've done a seminar in Kingston. Uh, I've done a couple in Ottawa, you know, and, and like, yeah, they're super fun. And it, it's great just to like, it's a good way for like, other people to meet me and me to meet other people in the community and it's, it's just it brings everybody together right it like supports it's like like buying local you know it's like let's buy from like the grocery store down the street instead of going and buying at like walmart you know absolutely like and i think <laughs> good if not it's, better it's not it's not like it was like because we've talked to a lot of like a lot of the ogs like uh, we had dan maroney on like mm. we had a lot of like original like black belts on and back when they were training like there weren't like a well, big crop cool. of guys to train with like but like if you're a blue belt like that was like you're like high ranking i was like a black yeah. belt now so yeah i think that culture of like 20 years ago like okay let's bring this guy up for a seminar let's bring that guy up but now i think I, in the canadian jiu-jitsu scene i would say is like there's so many black belts that are here in canada there's just you're you're a black belt as well like there's a lot of talent here that is, I think that can do just as good of a job in teaching and coaching. Yeah. And like, yeah. I don't, I don't think you need to, I mean, it's good to bring up like world champions and things to train with as well. You can kind of see like, okay, like this is the level that they're at. Like, absolutely. What's yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think we're going to have to create uh, basically a huge super card. I think that's mm -hmm. going to have of all Canadian talent. Yeah. That'd be sweet. Cause there's so many, right? And it's like, and I feel bad too, cause I'm sure like, like Ontario is a little bubble of jujitsu and I'm sure there's like great talent, like in the, all the other provinces too, that like, I just don't, you know, like we just don't see, we don't hear of, right? So it's there's like, a lot, there's a lot. There's a lot. We're just talking Ontario, but like, we want to talk yeah. Canada, like there's a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think that's the biggest thing. I think we, I think especially guys like Mike and I, we need to start getting more people, especially Vancouver, all the way, all the other, all the way across to Newfoundland and try and get as many people as possible on this platform to, we can start broadcasting everybody out as much as possible. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That'd be great. And then me and Aaron will start doing seminars as well. We're going to go on a world <laughs> tour. We're going to pack the bus and we're going to teach we're going to teach everybody how to not suck like us. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> exactly. Like, back in the, I'm like, I remember a sub X fight of myself. This is how I got triangles. If you, if this happens, you're not going to have a good time. Yeah, exactly. Hey, no. There's value in that for sure. <laughs> but I remember you like back in the day, like competing all the time. like, it's just so like, I, you know, we were at like all those old turn, like all those like, bravados you know all those like old school tournaments back in the day i think we, i think we need to see that more too like just more people traveling training competing yeah. like i think organically then it, things will keep bubbling up and growing and then even wrapping it back up to what you're saying about like you know women and getting them into jiu-jitsu if there's more women doing jiu-jitsu there's more higher ranking women doing jiu-jitsu yeah. like i think organically that section will grow as well Absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it just, it's going to take time, but as long as like, you know, everyone just keeps doing their part. It's like, like, look, like you said, right? Like look where jujitsu was in, in Ontario 10 years ago and you look at where it is now and it's like not even the same, like it's crazy. So it's mm -hmm. like, we just got to do whatever, what we're doing and it's, it, it's just going to take time. We're a small country. Like, you know, we just don't have the same amount of people that like the U S has. So it's just gonna like, you know, it's going to take more time. Excellent. Allison, I want to thank you very much for coming on the podcast yeah, today. You, it's been an amazing conversation. I hope you had fun because yeah. we sure did. Um, is there anybody like, uh, whether it's sponsors or anybody you want to thank, we always like to let you guys close it off for us. Yeah. I mean, like, I like, like, I think my, like my dad, my, like my main coach, head coach, like he, he is like someone who just like doesn't get enough credit for what he does. Um, he's someone who just like, consistently produces like amazing talent in like such a small community and such a small gym. And I think it's funny, like a lot of people like either don't realize, like don't appreciate it or like kind of um, like not downplay, but like, uh, what I'm looking, like 
they they see what he does but they just kind of take it for granted they're like oh yeah yeah but like he he's he's like an amazing coach and like an amazing mentor and like an amazing person and like without like all the help from him like I wouldn't be the athlete that I am today and it's just like I think he doesn't he definitely doesn't get enough credit from me or from like everyone else so it's just a big thanks to him because like yeah without him I'd be like some loser adult somewhere doing god knows what so (laughs) (laughs) I'd be I don't know what I'd be like you know but yeah like he's and it's just and yeah and like having like I said before I talked about Mike but like Mike's awesome having him to like train with and grow up with and like grow up doing jujitsu with was awesome and like he lives in Kingston now um but we still get to train together and still see each other and stuff and it's um but yeah those two are like the main like the main people on my team, on my tribe that like have helped me to kind of get where I am. So those two are the best. Nice. It's a uh, good talking to you tonight. What I'm actually even thinking for the future, I want to maybe do another podcast with you and Mike as well. Yeah, be a good one. For, for, yeah. for, the, for people who don't know, my, Michael Trombley is Allison's, um, is he younger brother, older brother? He's younger, but everyone younger. either he's older or that we're twins, but he's, he I, I, I wanted to say younger, but I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, he's definitely younger. Yeah, no, he's he's fun, and we we have some good we have some good like sibling jujitsu rivalry stories that we can share with everybody that are pretty. I think they're pretty funny, but we've come a long way. All right, I like it. We'll definitely do that. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you again very much. Thank you so much. Be safe out there, obviously, Um, and hopefully we can all get together one day, and then we'll train, and then we'll do a podcast together. Yeah, let's do it. Sweet. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Thank Thank you so much. Thanks for coming on. Okay, bye. Choking Hazard Podcast, sponsored by Nobody. Cutting this out. (laughs) Yes. Hold on. Yes.